You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. Welcome back, everyone. Mike Roberts here with The Homeschool Dropout. We have another episode, and I'm really excited to introduce this guest. I actually homeschooled with this guest. We have my cousin, Leah Kinchlow, on the show. Leah, thanks for carving out some time. Thanks for having me, Michael. For listeners, Leah and I are actually double cousins. So our moms are sisters, and our dads are brothers. And so I would see Leah at all the family parties. They lived like 10 miles away. And we would homeschool together all the time, going to museums, parks, shows. I think we did some writing classes together. We did a lot of our homeschooling together. And it was fun, like, seeing each other at all the family parties on both sides. Kind of unique. Yeah, definitely unique. My husband, after he took his genetics class, he was telling me, you guys are basically half siblings. Like, <laughs> genetically, we're basically yeah. half siblings. No, we really are. It's it's. Well, we don't look anything alike. Okay, I've always brought that up too. We're always talking about how I don't know how we can be so closely related, but our families look very different. Very I know. Different. You guys got all the Hawaiian, and we got none. <laughs> I think it is kind of weird. So, for listeners. Leah's mom and my mom have Hawaiian heritage. And so some of my siblings got like really dark Polynesian complexion. I did not. And Leah, I dare say you That's did true. not. I definitely am the whitest person in our whole, <laughs> whole extended family. The I whole think. extended family on both sides. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm so white. Yeah. So we're, we're very, very related. I always bragged about having double cousins growing up. I thought it was the coolest thing. I really liked it. And then we homeschooled together. So it was really fun. So I'm going to introduce you for guests a little bit. So they have some of your educational background. Leah graduated from BYU, Brigham Young University in computer science, did not actually graduate from high school or homeschool. So we are both effectively homeschool dropouts. And then you have been working as a software engineer for two years now. You're down in Vegas while your husband finishes dental school and you're a mother of two. So that, that's actually pretty, I'm impressed, Leah, by how much you've pulled off. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Why don't you walk the listeners through your background in homeschooling? If I remember correctly, by the time you entered those grade school years, your mom and my mom were already homeschooling. What happened there? Did you just get caught up into it? What was your homeschool journey like? I can't recall what my siblings, my older siblings were doing, my three older siblings. I went to kindergarten and then after kindergarten, my mom pulled me out in first grade. So I think she must have been homeschooling before I went to kindergarten, but I honestly can't remember. I mean, she must have been because I don't know why she would have pulled me out. Okay. It might be similar to my family because for us, everyone went to kindergarten. It was just guaranteed. And then right. after that, we were pulled out. Right. And for us, I think a couple of my siblings did not go to kindergarten. I think my mom was just taking it kid by kid. Like I know my youngest brother didn't go. My older sister didn't go. But I know that I went and my brother who's younger than me. I have two brothers younger than me. So I see. Okay. And so for listeners, you are the fourth of six. So there's yes. six kids. You're towards the tail end there. 
And yeah. so like kindergarten was a mixed bag. Some went, some didn't. Yeah. I think maybe half of us went and maybe half of us didn't. I'd have to double check. But yeah, I think my mom was just taking it kid by kid. I loved kindergarten. I had so much fun. And so I was pretty bummed to be pulled out in first grade. But when I think back about why I was bummed out, I was just sad about the idea of missing out on lunch with my friends, like <laughs> having kidding. lunch with my friends. That's all <laughs> I was like, because, you know, kindergarten is a half day. Although now it's full day in some places. Here in Vegas, it's full day now. But yeah, it was just a half day. So the idea of getting to have lunch with them, I thought sounded so fun. So first grade, I was pulled out. And then I never went back and was completely homeschooled. I'd say I was completely homeschooled the whole time. But I, at seventh and eighth grade, that was when kids my age were going to middle school. I did go to the middle school for electives choir i played the violin so i was in the orchestra oh, i didn't even know that very cool oh yeah. yeah i mean i don't anymore i sold it i don't have one here anymore i thought i was gonna be a violinist but i thought i was gonna be a lot of things no kidding okay yeah you know i never practiced enough really to be a violinist <laughs> same <laughs> oh you played the violin no i never did so it was really never an option for me <laughs> <laughs> okay cool i did drama i was really into drama for a little bit so in seventh grade i took a drama class and i did the middle school play in my in seventh grade i was just an extra sorry i had one oh my god singing part that was a line <laughs> you could have said anything and i would have believed it yeah sorry i was just okay. an extra <laughs> okay and then i did sports obviously i did sports the whole time always okay. doing city league sports. I was in a club swim team for a long time. I was in a club basketball team during middle school. After middle school, I went to the high school for seminary for orchestra again. And I took a lot of classes at the high school my freshman year. I took English and art and for some reason exercise class, which was dumb because I was in cross country and in basketball. So I don't know why I took an exercise class. It's a waste okay. of time. And I took art. Maybe I already said that. I, I loved art. I thought I was going to be an artist once too. And so I took art, found out everyone was way better than me. So never took it again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is high school. Um, this is my freshman year of high school. And then my sophomore year, I started Williamsburg Academy. You did it too. It's that online school based in St. George, Utah. Did that sophomore junior senior year also mixing it in with orchestra and choir classes at the high school i did cross country for four years did basketball for two wow. so i was definitely involved yeah. at the high school and i did seminary all four years yeah for listeners seminary is like religious it's just like religious education for lds like latter-day saints yeah so williamsburg academy i took a lot of classes with williamsburg mostly humanities government, history, personal leadership classes. Later on in high school, I took physics and geometry and I did very, I think I failed my physics class. Okay, I did too. Oh, you did? <laughs> it was so hard. Here's the thing. I was a very good homeschooler. Like I loved the homeschooling. I was also a very good public schooler. I got good grades and I loved beginning class. But this online school that we're talking about called Williamsburg Academy, it was so hard. Like you had to follow the syllabus and it was grueling and aggressive and complicated. And I, I failed classes in Williamsburg. I also just didn't plan on graduating. And so 
it was kind of like a right. lot for me. But those were the hardest classes I think I ever took relative to my, like maturity. College classes were harder, but I was more ready for them. See, I don't even think, I think that my history, I think that their U.S. history course at Williamsburg, I felt like it was college grade. I don't know. Oh, for sure. I felt like for it sure. was. Yeah. It was fun. I actually, I love the history and the government class. The physics class, I the same. I knew I wasn't going to graduate and it was hard. And it was hard to digest the material. They only had one physics, math, science guy. They definitely emphasized the humanities. Yes. And I think it is just easier to teach humanities online versus in person. So they only had one teacher for all of their science stuff and math stuff. And he was really funny and really great. I just felt like it was hard for me to understand the information that he was trying to give yeah. to us. And well, he was so, also yeah. like very eclectic and that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That took away from yeah, the learning. Yes, it did. And especially online, it was hard to stay engaged with the actual content versus like, yes. oh, this guy's goofy. Yeah, versus his personality. <laughs> yeah, Such absolutely. a great, nice teacher, but yes, too much yeah. personality. Too much or... personality. Yeah. Okay, so actually pretty similar. I feel like our paths were very similar. And I felt, I don't know, I felt freed up from destroying myself too much in Williamsburg because I just knew it wasn't part of the big plan, but I loved what I was learning. I loved it too. And I think at one point I thought about graduating from it, but the only college I ever thought or wanted to apply to was BYU. And I don't know if they would have accepted a diploma from there, but I know BYU at the time, I don't know about now, it didn't take the GED, didn't accept a GED. So I never even bothered to get a GED. Yeah, I actually recall, because I didn't either, I didn't get a GED, but Lee and I, for listeners, we went to the same university, Brigham Young University in Utah. And I remember in when I was in my undergrad getting calls from like adult learning centers saying, hi, we have you on record that you don't have your GED. We'd like to help you like accomplish that and get that out of the way. And the whole time I was like, I am so far past this. <laughs> like, I, like I, I, I haven't even thought about this. You know, I've got my own thing going. And so it just kind of cracks me up how, and this is not to take away with the good that a high school diploma and a GED does for some people. It really does help them progress in life. But for me and for you, it wasn't part of the path. But people felt like it really needed to be part of our path. Right. Yeah, it was definitely nice once we got into college, though, because then on applications for things, I could put some college versus, you know. Oh, too funny. Nothing. Um, <laughs> that's so true. Versus nothing. Yeah. Those drop down menus. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. How did it feel growing up? Because as I recall homeschooling, I really think of our family, your family, and then the two families we homeschooled with, the Salcidos and the Morales. And that was kind of my whole world kind of growing up homeschooled. Is it similar for you? Did you feel isolated, weird? Did you feel like you were missing out on the school experience? Just in first grade, I felt like that. And then after that, no, not really. I mean, I had friends in my neighborhood, two really good friends who both went to school. So when I heard about activities that they were doing, yeah, at sometimes I would feel like, oh man, I'm missing out on like these experiences with my friends. But a lot of the things they did, I did get to do. Like there was this elementary school fun run every year where all of the elementary school kids would run two miles. And I did that every year with my friends. And I knew a lot of the girls who went to the elementary school because they were in sports. They did soccer and basketball and swim. So I 
think if I'd heard about like, like as far as like being at school and just being in classes, I wasn't, didn't feel like I was missing out on too much. If there had been more activities and parties that I'd known about, I maybe would have felt like, oh, not going to school is precluding me from making friends and maybe getting invited mm. to like some kid's birthday party. <laughs> You know, stuff like that. Nothing to do with school. Just Yeah. But that social aspect is right. Important for everyone to different levels. And as a kid, sometimes you feel it. Yeah. And I'm lucky I didn't hear about any of those things. I'm sure they were happening, but I never heard about them. And I wasn't on Facebook and I didn't oh, have that's Facebook. Right. Yeah. Right. You are so... classically like <laughs> off the socials, which I really respect. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have a Facebook now, so if someone has a party and d doesn't invite me, I now know. Now you'll about know. It now. Yeah, don't <laughs> yeah, hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> but before, in the times before Facebook, if someone had a birthday party and you weren't invited, you had no idea. So I didn't have to worry about maybe the parties that I was missing out on as a kid. So I think that helped make it feel like I didn't miss out on anything, really. Well, it sounds like you and my family is very similar. You were involved in the community still. You were part of sports. You were part of extracurriculars. You did yeah. these events. You knew people and people knew your family, very similar with my family. And so you were still engaging with the community. You just weren't in the same square building every day with all the other kids. Right. So that did mean that in school, in sports, specifically I don't think I ever made any really good friends from sports teams and that might have been because they already were like good friends with the other girls on the team so they were friendly with me and I was friendly with them but outside of the sports we never did anything I'm sure they did stuff together outside of the sports because they also went to school together so that definitely it was hard to penetrate already existing friend groups in the sports like I knew the girls and I was able to socialize but I didn't have an easy way in to become best friends with one of the girls yeah that really resonates with me and I think you used a good word choice there it's just hard to kind of like work your way in because you have this very short limited interaction whereas they yeah. have they have extended hours together and then a lot of shared memories. I sometimes felt like a blip in their like in their day yes. where it's like there's the one kid, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, here I am. I'm you'll never see me again. <laughs> so, it did feel like that sometimes. <laughs> it did. And I definitely felt it. But I think we're also nice, too. I mean, all of the girls I interacted with, I felt were so nice and they did include me. The basketball girls less so than the cross-country girls, but that's why I quit basketball. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I definitely, I felt the same way. And that's okay, because I was lucky enough to have two girls in my neighborhood who were my exact age. Our families were very similar as far as, I mean, we went to the same church. Our families were very similar in things we did for fun and things we enjoyed to do and the types of things that we valued that weren't religion. Yeah, very aligned, and and it sounds like that's where you found community, was in those families and those girls, and you just stayed close to them. Yeah, so I was really lucky. I think some of my siblings who didn't have people their age in the neighborhood, I think they had a harder time. But I was very fortunate that I had a few girls who were my age, who were in my neighborhood, who I saw every day after school. I played with them every day. 
A lot of parents, I think, worry about that social aspect. And honestly, truthfully, it's an unfounded fear in that homeschoolers, they never socialize, they're weird, they're awkward. And Leah, you and I both know some uncomfortable homeschoolers. I think we've met. <laughs> they're out there. But really, the concern is unfounded because as you're demonstrating, you find community still and you're still able to go out there. And I've had some guests express that they didn't find quite as much as they needed. And right. everyone is different. I had some guests who really ached for more socialization, but that was like a personal need they had. And so it's really, I think, homeschooling, if you can build it around each child and understand that, say this yeah. child needs more co-ops and needs more meetups and needs more like interaction. And the other one doesn't, you know, they just need yeah. two friends in their neighborhood that they see every day. And that's all they need. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, that's all I needed. Like I was happy. I was very happy. And often those needs, they have nothing to do with the kid and whether they're shy or whether they're capable of making friends. It's just if there's nobody in your neighborhood, there's no opportunity if you're homeschooled. Like there's no natural, easy opportunity. You have to make opportunities for your kids because the kids can't do anything for themselves. They can't drive. They can't no, go anywhere. They're, they're not connected. And so finding those co-ops, finding those meetups really makes a big difference. And something else that was hard for me is I was shy and I was very introverted. I had a hard time feeling like I could make friends. It wasn't until probably like late college that I felt confident in, okay, like I can go out and meet people and like have a, like an enduring friendship that took me a long time to sink my teeth into. But I don't think it was related to homeschool. I think I would have struggled in public school too. I was just shy. I was very insecure. Yeah, I think... You make a good point about how these challenges might just have been the same if you were public schooled. Yeah. No way of knowing. No way of knowing. Mm -hmm. No way of knowing. What were some things that you really loved about homeschooling? What were the benefits that you saw? I loved, I loved, what did I love? I guess I loved it. I mean, I did enjoy spending time with my siblings. I liked having a little bit of competitiveness with math. When we did multiplication tables. I remember that. Yes. Under three minutes, right? Under two is the goal, I think. For a hundred fact sheets, I think under two was the goal. We had that 10 by 10 sheet and Uh we had to get it under three minutes. Were you guys doing it under two? That's so I think that me and Caleb might have done it under two at one point. We were so dedicated to dedicated to win. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But I think I always beat Caleb and Caleb is my younger brother. I think I beat him and I was always really proud of myself, but he's my younger brother. <laughs> I was yeah. so proud of myself. I should beat him. He's younger than me. He'd beat me now for sure. I have memories of that too, like multiplication tables and we'd get like a little treat from the closet if we got it under three minutes. So that was fun. I enjoyed like learning with my siblings. We would have devotional once a day. We did too. I did like devotional. I loved it when my mom read to us. Everyone would gather together for about an hour. My mom would always share something she was learning and something that was important for her. And then we'd go and do like kind of like big picture stuff. Like here's world history. Here's what happened. And, and we'd also go off the beaten path. Here's what happened with Muhammad. And here's what happened with like Genghis Khan and all these like non-Western figures. We'd spend time on them. And I really enjoyed that. It was fun. I liked devotional. Interesting. I don't think we, I don't remember that about it. I think ours just generally took the tone of, I remember memorizing poems. We did a lot of memorizing poems and she would always read to us. And that's all I can remember from those devotionals. I don't remember learning about anything big picture or history, but that would have been a great place to do that. 
<laughs> well, it may have happened. <laughs> I mean, she was reading books to us, books like Johnny Tremaine, which is yeah, a historical so fiction good. book. She was often reading historical fiction to us. So we did learn about history just through what she was reading to us. But man, we memorized a lot of poetry. Do you still have some memories? No. <laughs> no, forgotten everything. <laughs> okay. I, we didn't do as much poetry. Too funny. Here's a question. How did college go? Did you see gaps from homeschool or did it feel pretty natural to segue into your college experience? I think Williamsburg, their setup of midterms and finals was very similar to college. So I don't think I felt too overwhelmed by what was required as far as studying when it came to midterms and finals. My first year, I did fine. I didn't know what I was doing. I just didn't have a degree picked. And it was good. It was it was fine. I can't think of any gaps. I think that I wasn't wearing the kinds of clothes other girls were wearing. And maybe that's a gap that may reflect more on my family than on homeschooling. But perhaps if I'd gone to school, I would have been a little more in tune with what was in style. Might have dressed a little cuter. I am really curious about how that became something that that came up when I talked about gaps. I felt like, okay, yeah, in high school and in my first year of college, I did feel a significant, how am I supposed to make myself attractive and dateable gap? I didn't date really at all in high school. I mean, there was nobody in our neighborhood who was a boy that was my age. That was tall enough to maybe be interested in asking me on a date, right? Because I'm six feet tall. Already, my pool is like smaller than anyone else's pool. There was no one in the neighborhood. And I just kind of didn't ever talk to boys in high school. I just gravitated toward hanging out with the girls in cross country and in my choir and in my orchestra. I got really nervous around boys that who were taller than me, especially if there was a boy taller than me, I got really flustered and I couldn't put two words together. Okay, so Whether that... I liked them or not, I couldn't put two words together. The only like eligible population you get nervous around. Everyone yeah, I'm shorter. so nervous. <laughs> okay. Sweating, nervous. Like... Sweating, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, in my art class, there was this one table I sat at where there's this kid who was taller than me. And I was a freshman. And that was surprising because most boys hadn't even hit puberty by freshman year. And so I, I don't think I ever said anything at that table. <laughs> like he was so intimidating. I was so intimidated by him. So I don't think that helped me get to know people and date. I don't know what would have helped me. But I, my family didn't emphasize it either. It wasn't not a huge priority in our family. As I've had these conversations, family culture really does. Oh, yeah. It's everything. It's everything. Public school or homeschool, family culture has a huge impact. But if you're homeschooled, the impact is magnified. It is. It is. For better or for worse, it's magnified. That's why whenever someone tells me, like, I know weird homeschoolers, I'm thinking, well, their family is probably weird. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think, too. Like, <laughs> their parents are probably oddballs. I hate to say it. <laughs> Have you met their parents? How are right. their parents? Like, yeah, show me a picture. nothing to do with the homeschool. Everything yes. to do with parents. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like a dating gap almost. I thought my, like you guys, I don't remember any of you having trouble, but I think that your mom and dad are different from my mom and dad and dated more in high school and college themselves. And, you know, my parents got married later. That's what I was going to say. My parents got married in their early 20s and your parents got married in their late 20s. That's just 
my take on it, I think it was amplified by the homeschool, by being homeschooled. But yeah, definitely college. I didn't date at all. That first year of college, didn't go on a single date. I really was like, you know, I want to date and I don't, I've not had success and I don't know. Nobody's there to, nobody will tell you what you need to change about yourself. And so I just figured it out. I knew what I needed to change about myself. And then it really wasn't that hard. And then I started dating, but it did require some self-introspection. Like I had to realize, well, I'm not very nice to guys. I don't smile at them. I'm a little, like when I'm talking to them, I think I'm a little critical and maybe like- Standoffish? Standoffish, which Mm. isn't super helpful. That's not great. (laughs) But then I don't think I was dressing- I mean, a lot of people disagree with this. I understand that. People say you can wear whatever you want. That's true. I wanted to date, so I started to dress cute or in a way that I thought was attractive. Before that, I was just like t-shirts, basketball shorts, hair, and a ponytail every day. That didn't work out for me. So then I went and I revamped my wardrobe. I revamped my hairstyles and, you know, I got married. So there we go. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, that, what a what a beautiful love story with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I had to do some for that gap specifically. I had to do some serious self introspection. Is that the word? Like self reflection. Self reflection. Yeah, I had to look inside myself and say, "What's the problem?" Because if I asked people, they'd always be like, "Well, I don't know. You're great, and maybe they're just intimidated by you." And I'm like, "Okay, well." That's nothing's actionable there. I can't do anything about <laughs> any of that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. No guest has brought up. Usually, I think everyone leans into the academics like, oh, I didn't know X, Y, Z. But you just, what you leaned into in college was, I know I want to get married. I know I want this companionship. I want a family. What do I need to adjust in order to make that happen? And I can see how some people would see that as problematic. But I also sense that your family's beautiful. And I sense that you're, at like doing well and happy. I know that a lot of people in our day and age have an issue with you trying not being happy with how you look or how you are and trying to change your image or trying to change things about yourself that people say you should just be content with. I agree you should just be content with them. However, if you're not happy with your dating life or with something else going on in your life, then you can't have both. You can't have what you want. At least for me, I couldn't have the dating life that I wanted and wear the basketball shorts and the t-shirts and never smile at boys and not be nice to them. Married. I couldn't have both. Yeah. I couldn't have both. have both. Yeah. <laughs> Something had to give. That's right. And yeah. it's just easier to give the one that I can change, which is my behavior and my dress. And honestly, how I dress and how I portray myself, such a superficial thing. Can change every day. <laughs> yeah, so true. Okay, well, I really like that. I like that perspective a lot. And I think that, I mean, it worked, right? It worked. So we're kind of winding down here a little bit. I want to pick your brain on two things. You have two kids. I know they're too young to really like think about homeschooling or to homeschool now. But what do you see yourself doing with your own children? And then with that, what advice do you give to new homeschooling families? With my two kids right now, because I'm working full-time and my husband is in dental school full-time, once my oldest son turns three, I have already enrolled him in a preschool of sorts. It's an in-home preschool. So it's run by a lady who just does it at home. She has eight kids and it's twice a week. She also does it full-time, but I just didn't think that I wanted to do that. 
And the main reasons I've enrolled him in this preschool are because it's a really cheap form of childcare. I mean, it's so affordable. Like what I pay the babysitters and nannies to take care of my kids right now. And I have a very flexible schedule. So I spend a lot of time with my kids, but I do have about 15 to 20 hours that I pay someone else to take care of my kids. And it's like, I'm paying them good money. And this preschool is going to be way cheaper than what I'm paying the nannies and babysitters that I have right now. So that's part of the reason I'm doing it. Also because there will be kids his age. And unfortunately, the congregation that we attend, nobody his age. There's nobody his age. There's a lot of older people, older families, older kids. So there's not really anyone for him to become friends with in that group. And so because of that, I have enrolled him in this preschool and I plan to keep enrolling him in preschool until my husband finishes dental school. But when we move, when he finishes, I don't know. I think we'll just take it location by location because as we talked about earlier, if there's, and this is what I realized several weeks ago, we go to the park all the time, mostly because other kids his age are there. And I want to give him a chance to, he doesn't always interact with them, but I want to give him a chance to interact with them and socialize with the kids his age. He's getting to the age where I go to the park now and every mom that I meet who has a kid my son's age, she like the first thing she asked me is, oh, are you sending your son to preschool? What preschool are you sending him to? And that's just the status quo yeah. is you hit three and you go to preschool. And I started realizing that, oh my goodness, I'm going to the parks right now and it's working, but in fall, this coming fall, we'll go to the parks to meet kids his age and they might not be there. They might all be at preschool. Yeah. So how am I going to find his friends if they're all at preschool? <laughs> the only thing to be done is to send him to preschool because that's where the kids are. Yeah. What, what I'm hearing, Leah, is what's informing your choice with your children is what does the community look like? Am I able to give my child what they need in socialization and community and connection with people? And if not, how do I, what are my efforts to like supplement that? And I think homeschoolers often turn on each other. If a homeschooler like decides to go back to the system, I've seen homeschoolers really go at each other. And I'm, I just think it's insane and it's nuts. Homeschooling is beautiful and I'm a huge advocate for homeschooling. And I like, I'm very biased that way, but your family situation doesn't always, you know, they don't always complement each other. And you yeah. need to have that flexibility of seeing, okay, right now this is working really well. But in my family, when we had some like family stuff going on, we all went back into the system. It just wasn't working. And that was okay. You have to be okay with the dynamics of life and pursuing your education and adjusting around that. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. I just think for people who are able to provide experiences and opportunities for their children, you should... Like, I think that my child could be fine if he didn't have friends in his early three-year-old childhood. I think that he might be better off if he did have friends, and I am capable of making that happen for him. I have money. I can put him in preschool. And for some families, maybe they can't afford to homeschool or they have to work full-time and they have to put their kids in public school. And that's what public school is great for. It is so great for that, to give kids an education when their parents can't afford to provide educational experiences and social experiences. Yeah, I had one guest 
frame homeschooling is truly a privilege. Like it is, it is. A, a gift to be able to do that with your family. And it might ebb and flow. Like some seasons you can do it really well, others you can't. And that is okay. I think I'm just so passionate about legitimizing the option. It is great. If you can do it, do it. And if it's not the right time, it is okay. You can chill out about the whole thing. Yeah. And I think maybe for a lot of moms now, it probably feels very intimidating, even if they have the time, if they're not working, it might feel very overwhelming to think about taking all of their kids out of school and homeschooling them. Because I think the mother generally feels the impetus to do yeah. that. I was telling you about that homeschool documentary I watched last year with my husband that we went to see at the theaters. There was this one family and both couples worked part time. And so the husband and the wife both were homeschooling their kids. Cool. When the wife would go in part time to work, he was doing it. And when he went to work, she was doing it. I love that. That is such a commitment to family. It is. I loved it. Yeah. If I could get my husband on board with that, <laughs> I would, I <laughs> okay. would get my husband on board right. with that. We'll, but... we'll get Porter on the show next. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> so, all right. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. I've really enjoyed your thoughts. To me, Leah, you have always just spoken what makes sense to you. And I've really valued that in you. You're not trying to impress or make things palatable for people. It's just like, this is what it is for me. And I don't know, it is great. And so I've just like really <laughs> always enjoyed that from you. You speak your mind and it's simple and it's straight and to the point and there's no agenda in anything. At least unless you're like pulling a fast one on me so well that I never see it. I see. I don't even know what I would be pulling on you. <laughs> see, that's my... what I'm saying. Like <laughs> you, you're just, it's just like, so it's very straightforward and I really like it. So anyway, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Love your thoughts. And I'm not in Vegas much, but I'll probably see you maybe in the summer over the 4th of July. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we'll make it back this year, but, you know. We'll see. Next year, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Thanks, Leah. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Take care. Hey, listeners, if you enjoy the homeschool dropout, the best way to support the show and increase its value to you and other homeschoolers is to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So head there now and we'll see you next week.